Hey everyone, welcome to another edition of ClavesOnline.com. I'm Mike Claiborne. It's now time for the Ferrario face-off. It's great to see Alex Ferrario of ESPN 101 here in St. Louis. And Alex, it's been a while, but it's a good time to start talking hockey because the playoffs are underway. And your St. Louis Blues last night sent a message to the Minnesota Wild that take a penalty if you want to, but it's going to cost you. Yeah, I loved it, Klaibs. I mean, I was really anticipating what this series was going to be like because they're always so close when they play against each other. But I knew Minnesota was going to bring the ferociousness, and I knew that the Blues can respond really well to that one. I thought that they handled themselves really well when it came to Minnesota trying to take the extra penalties. Of course, we saw the Blues stick up for themselves and jumping into those rushes afterwards. And frankly, it gave the Blues the extra play time in terms of power play and then penalty kill. And Dean Evanson, I think, had the quote of the night afterwards where he basically said, our team's not good at special teams. It's been like that all season. So they might be in for a rude awakening if that's how they want to play, Claves, because these officials are going to be calling penalties in the postseason. It wasn't just St. Louis and Minnesota. They did it in Tampa and Toronto. They did it in Boston and Carolina. So they're not going to be as lenient as you'd think that they've been in the past in the playoffs. But isn't that playoff 101 hockey, you know, stay out of the box, especially in the first round, because I'm of the belief that no league has enough good officials to go around when it comes to postseason. Mm -hmm. And in that first round, you're going to have some guys maybe just trying to hone their skill, get some playoff experience, much like the players. And they're going to call it by the book, because if you call it by the book, there's a good chance you can come back for another round. So I don't know how Everson felt like things were going to change in their direction, especially because of the physical play that they have and not think that the officials aren't going to call what's in the book. Yeah, I fully expect the Nashville Predators to get the exact same treatment that Minnesota Wild did, Clay. Yeah. I mean, they were 1-2 in penalty minutes in the regular season. So, like, that's that's their game. That Jordan Greenway, Erickson Eck, Marcus Foligno line, their game is to basically play like a David Perron or a, Br a Brad uh, uh, Brad Marchand to where like they're trying to get underneath the team skin after whistles. They're the ones always jumping in. But I thought it was really noticeable that every time they tried to do that with the Blues, the Blues were right there with them and say, we'll take a penalty because we know that our penalty kill, their penalty kill claims in the month of, of April was 97 percent the Blues. So like they know <laughs> we'll take a penalty because we know that we can kill this off. Now you're playing with fire there in case something were to happen. But I think that's been a telling sign after one game in this series that if this comes down to special teams, I don't know how much of a chance Minnesota's going to have. Well, let's throw this into the equation, too. We talked about the depth of this team, uh, four lines that are legit, three pairs of defensemen, very legit. And so Craig Berube has the true advantage of mixing and matching special team lines, whether it's killing a penalty or being on a power play. And when you look at a team like Minnesota, they, they're barely good at anything when it comes to special teams. So they don't have that luxury to continue to throw the same guys over the boards to either kill a penalty and, and like they had to last night, or certainly if they ever get on the power play with any consistency, they, they can wear those guys down as well. Yeah, I really felt like it was noticeable, the experience versus the inexperience last like, night, Klaibs. I mean, how much did you know or recognize or hear Kirill Kaprizov's name? I didn't hear it very yeah, much. That's a good point. And I, I think the one thing that I knew going into it was that Greenway, Felino, Erickson, Eckline, they were going to match up with the Blues' best line, Thomas Tarasenko and Buchnevich, and they didn't have a great game. But what Minnesota doesn't have is what happens when their best line is taken away. Can they get secondary scoring from somebody else? 
The Blues took that line away last night with the Kaprizov. He had five shots on goal, and they all came on the power play. But the Blues basically said, you can take away our top line, but you're going to have to find a solution for Ryan O'Reilly, David Perron, and Brandon Saad. And then if you want to take that away, you're going to have to find a solution for the Shen Kairu Barbashev line because all of these guys have scored 25 or more goals. That's something that Minnesota just doesn't have that experience yet that the Blues have gone through when they went on that cup run, that if they lose one line, another line knows that they've got to step up the next shift. You know, the other thing I noticed about Minnesota, I call them gimpy. They just didn't look right. They've got I know they, they come into the playoffs with some guys who are hurt, but I, I think it showed certainly with Folino and their defense was really a little iffy in certain situations. Uh, if the Blues can expose them physically uh, without taking the penalty early in this series, this could be a Dallas or San Jose team that the Blues face in 2019 in postseason. I'm so glad you said that, Claves, because that's what I was thinking after that game last night. I mean, two of their defensemen, two of their top four defensemen came into that game not knowing if they were going to play, Matt Dumba mm -hmm. and uh, Jonas Brodeen. And the Blues just went immediately at those guys. I mean, Braden Shen laid a big hit on Matt Dumba. That's how they play. They finish their checks, and I think that was really telling when Craig Berube was resting Braden Shen those final couple of games, saying that, look, he's not 100%. We want to make sure he's 100%. And wouldn't you know it, Braden Chen was the one that led the team in hits at the end of the game. <laughs> I, I mean, that's the narrative for Craig Berube's system. And I knew that the Blues were going to take their game to another level. But that's something that I don't know if Minnesota can combat with the Blues because their guys were more banged up going into this first game. Ferrario faceoff is underway. We'll take our first break and back after this. The future of electric vehicles is beginning to grow across the Midwest, but there's a lot of work to be done before most people will feel comfortable switching from gas to EV. Ameren, Illinois President and Chairman Richard Mark gives us some insight into how they're preparing by adding more electric vehicle charging stations. Our vision is to basically have charging stations every 60 or miles or so, you know, from Cook County all the way to the tip of the state down to the Kentucky area, mm -hmm. and then across the state, east and west, going toward Kansas and Iowa uh, to, the, to the west and going toward Indiana uh, uh, to the east. And so uh, we, we feel that uh, within the next few years, we'll probably add, probably you know, we're hoping to add 60 to, to 70 a year over the next five years to really complete that infrastructure for the entire Midwest. In fact, uh, the Midwest now has all the utilities in the Midwest are joining together to coordinate that. So, uh, which is the first time it's ever happened that you've had Wisconsin say, okay, we're going to build our charging stations here, and Illinois say, okay, well, we can tap on here in Missouri. This makes sense for us, so we can expand that north, south, east, and west by coordinating with other utilities. Back with the Ferrario face-off. He's Alex Ferrario. I'm Mike Claiborne talking Blues hockey from last night. All right, let's move on to game two. Uh, obviously, the Blues have sent a message. Uh, they've already established themselves in, the, in this postseason. And normally you say, well, you know, we just want to go on the road and get a split. But after last night, you have to wonder, do they say, why not just go get two, which means we're going to see a better effort from Minnesota. We might even see a more top-notch effort from the Blues which leads me into game three, which I think is going to be the most important game of the series. 
Yeah, I, I do too, Claves. I mean, look, game one, Minnesota already lost home ice advantage because now Minnesota's going to have to go win a game in St. Louis. And, and I would imagine because both teams have played so well at home this season that neither team really wanted to do that. But I said yesterday on pregame, the Blues are going to have to channel that road warrior mentality that yeah. led them to the cup because it's not going to be an easy path, whether it's home or on the road. They've got road ice advantage basically the rest of this playoffs if they want to go far. But I also thought it was really interesting. We talked with Ryan Carter, a TV analyst, former Minnesota Wild, a couple of days ago. And Ryan basically said, like, the Blues are in Minnesota's head. Like it or not, people don't like it, whatever it Mm -hmm. might be. They are because they went into Minnesota on the biggest stage and they beat them in the Winter Classic. They've had their number since Dean Evison took over, and now they won game one. So I'm with you. I think the Blues are looking at that at this next game, too, as we could break Minnesota's mentality here if we beat them again, because then they got to come back to St. Louis and win two games. But I'm with you also. I think game three is the most important one, because if the Blues lose game two, then they need the upper hand to show them that home ice advantage is on the blue side. But they also, if they win game two, Minnesota can get some edge. Remember what the Winnipeg just did back in 2019. Blues won both in Winnipeg. Yeah. Winnipeg won both in St. Louis. So it's not going to be an easy path despite that game one victory. Well, you know, I think, and you make a great good point about the Winnipeg series. This is where coaching, Craig Berube, Steve Ott, the whole coaching staff, they know that they don't want to go down that path. And I, I think they have to make sure they avoid complacency. Uh, fortunately, the leaders of this team are all still intact, whether it's O'Reilly or Perron or Shen. Those guys know what's down the road. And I, I really look at that being a key factor for them, making sure that mentally they're focused to go in and handle Minnesota and, and look forward to game three and saying, let's let's try and put these guys away. And they got so much experience, too. Yeah, right? exactly. That's and that's thing the thing Minnesota's there. lacking. That's yes. the thing that's Minnesota lacking. All right, we saw a really gruesome cross-check last mm-hmm. night. Uh, still waiting to hear from the league. You got to give this guy something. You yeah, got to give him a game. You absolutely do. I, I mean, there was intent to injure there, Clay. Yeah, like exactly. There was there was no Pavel Buchnevich took a, a whack at Spurgeon and then Spurgeon went back and retaliated. That was solely frustration from losing the game, and he just took it out on on uh, Buchnevich's ankle. And one, that's your captain. It, it's not like this is a fourth liner who's right. playing eight minutes. That's the captain of the team that's doing that. And on top of it, you went for a vulnerable spot in that ankle where there was no protection. So I know Michael Russo of The Athletic basically said that, you know, they're probably facing a suspend or not a suspension, a fine. But I would imagine that if the player safety has been so strict in the regular season of suspending guys like P.K. Subban with the slew foot, I I have to bet that they would look at this and say, we got to give them a game because there was intent to injure there. Well, we'll stay tuned on that. All right, hey, let's talk about the rest of the playoffs that we saw last night. Um, I didn't think Tampa Bay saw what Toronto had coming. I mean, Toronto's handling pretty well in the regular season, but a 5 nothing shutout. And then you look at how feeble Boston was last night against Cur- uh, the Hurricane. Um, two games that I didn't see coming with, with such an emphatic, resounding result. Yeah, I didn't really see Boston being that much of a pushover. Like, I thought Toronto was going to bring it to Tampa. Tampa's won the Cup in back-to-back seasons, and it's been a grind for them. Mm -hmm. And they just don't have the same team that they used to when it comes to depth down the middle. But still, 5-0 for Tampa was impressive. 
But I really thought Boston was going to give Carolina a little bit more of a push. Now, I didn't think Boston was going to win that series, Claves, because Carolina is so good. But, I mean, they were playing anti-Ranta. Like, that was their number one goaltender because yeah. Frederick Anderson was out. So, that's why game twos are so are always so impactful because game ones can be misleading. You can see a team get a 5 nothing victory like Tampa and say, or I'm sorry, like Toronto, and say, oh, man, this is going to be a cakewalk for the Toronto Maple Leafs. But then the next game, Tampa comes out and they beat you one to nothing. So those two in the Eastern Conference, there's going to be a team that should probably be fighting for an Eastern Conference final that's going home after the first round. And that's why I don't like this playoff format. Yeah, you know what? That's a good point you make. The format has got a lot of people raising eyebrows. And, and I get it where they want to create attraction early uh, for fans. But as you mentioned, a good team is going to go home. But I would also say this. You know what? You have to beat a good team sooner or later. So why not face them early and get it out of the way? Yeah. And I think that's that's the narrative that should be there when you look at it. And and I get the, well, that's what you want. You want the entertainment. I just think the one through eights are always, you're still getting entertainment value in one through eight, but you're also getting the games that you're supposed to be watching. Yeah. It's that build up to the Stanley Cup championship. And like looking at Blues and Wild, looking at Tampa and Toronto and even Boston and Carolina, those are all teams that could legit win the Stanley Cup. But those have been entertaining games, Claves. And then the other one last night was Edmonton and L.A. And this is what I was concerned about, Claves. Edmonton, as great as they are offensively and they're improved defensively, they still have Mike Smith as their goaltender. And he could be superb in the regular season. Heck, we saw it in St. Louis with Roman Turek. The yeah. playoffs are a different animal. Well, you hit the nail on the head, and and I'm really disappointed that Edmonton didn't do a better job of getting a legitimate goalie. Agreed. Uh, wh- how they didn't try and make a move for John Gibson or somebody who I think would probably give them more of a chance uh, is a mystery to me. Uh, but I'm not surprised at what the Kings are able to do. They play a very tough, hard-nosed brand uh, that a lot of teams – uh, really have a hard time playing against. And it, it's almost the the, the Daryl Sutter fingerprint impact that they have where they have four lines that they feel comfortable with. They've got solid goaltending, and they're doing it without their best defenseman in Drew Doughty, but they've had enough time to mesh without him. So I, I think this could be a long, tough series for Edmonton. And if they don't win, if they don't get out of the first round, I think they're going to have to take a long look at some people and, and maybe shake it up a little bit. Uh, you hate to bring in another coach, but th- something's got to change in Edmonton. Yeah, you absolutely do because it's a disservice to having two guys that are always 100-point players and you're not advancing past the first round in the playoffs. Yeah. And I, I mean, I just, I'm with you on the LA Kings. I was a little surprised because I thought the, the loss of Drew Doughty was going to be impactful, but, you know, they, they kind of, they, they have a little bit of the blues in them, Claves, where it's a yeah. packed mentality where it's not one guy that's leading the way. Sure, they've got Andre Kopitar and Dustin Brown, but they're getting contributions from their third and fourth liners, which is something that other teams seem to have issues with. Edmonton's only got McDavid, Dreisaitl, and Kane, and beyond that, they're not scoring as much. No, they're not, and, and I don't see how they're going to make it any different. And, and you know, I, I just love the way the Kings have been built. Most of those guys have been brought up through the organization. They're getting something out of Byfield now. Yeah. Um, you know, and then they got Jonathan Quick. I mean, this guy, I think he's going to be in a discussion as a Hall of Fame goalie uh, because of what he's been able to do in the past. Uh, and, you know, I don't know if there's still a goaltender from the lower body who uses his legs as well as he has over the course of his career. And he can steal a series for you. 
Yeah, he, he's a frustrating goaltender to go up against. He's what Chris Kerber calls the banner readers, to where every time the guy thinks he's got a goal, the goaltender's right there for him. And, mm-hmm. and we've seen in playoffs, Claves, like when a goaltender makes those types of saves, it gets into your head. Like Jonathan Quick made, they had the empty net for Edmonton for 90 seconds the other night, and Jonathan Quick stopped all of them. That's, that's when you're in the head of the opposition. Oh, I agree. All right, well, we've got game two for the Blues on Wednesday, and then they come home for a couple of games, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, and we're going to be doing this throughout the course of the playoffs. Alex, as always, it's great to visit with you. Keep up the great work on ESPN, and we look forward to talking to you in the very near future. All right, Klaibs, looking forward to it. Maybe we got a cup run here on Klaibs Online. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. All right, he's Alex. I'm Klaibs. We thank you for checking us out here on ClaibsOnline.com.